0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's a Globe and Mail headline, Pierre Polyev to skip Calgary leadership debate will attend party with Brett Wilson. The uh, Conservative Party leadership debate, which took place on Friday, will have done so without Pierre Polyev and Patrick Brown, who was on this program yesterday, Mr. Polyev wasn't there because he was attending the Prairie Rowdy 22 Stampede event organized by his friend and entrepreneur, Brett Wilson. And uh, Mr. Wilson, as I've been telling you, and as you know, is a former investment banker and was featured on CBC's Dragon Den broadcasts. He's a strong critic of Justin Trudeau. Doesn't believe Jean Charest can represent the West properly if he were to win the Conservative Party leadership. And of uh, Pierre Polyev, Mr. Wilson on Prairie Rowdy 2022 Had written, our country truly deserves a leader who can run it with respect and freedom we Canadians deserve. Brett Wilson, good to have you on the program. I'm not sure whether you're on Zoom or on the phone, but I'm I'm thinking you're there. How are you?
1: Well, I'm on the phone for audio, I'm on Zoom for video, and I think Rogers is interfering with our connection. This is the, the only technology challenge I've had in years. But here we are, it's Sunday afternoon, it's middle of Stampede, and yes, absolutely, I'm delighted to have a chance to talk about Canada, Pierre, or any topic you choose.
0: Okay, so, I just hadn't heard the term technical difficulties for, for so long. I'm supposed to work with that. Anyhow, yeah. So, so, uh, so, Brett, Uh, Dragon's Den, I was thinking this morning when I got up, thinking about working on the show and what we were going to be doing, I thought the Conservative Party leadership race is sort of a political version of Dragon's Den.
1: (laughs) Yeah, very much so. Everyone shows up and says, I am the right bitch, tell me why, are you interested, and uh, as you know, most dragons reject most bitches, so So, Canada does.
0: Yeah, I'm going to leave my entrepreneurial efforts to the side here. So, before I ask you about Mr. Polyev and ask you about the Conservative debate or leadership chase mm-hmm. and where this country is and what this country requires, can I get from you, first of all, your overall assessment of Canada's state of political health?
1: We're failing. And the reason we're failing has been the alarmist movement. The extreme left has influenced outcomes on. Technology to some degree, but particularly energy. And without the invasion of Ukraine, the world wouldn't be as sensitive today as it or wouldn't be as sensitive as it is today over the issue of energy security—not just energy supply, but energy security. Canada has failed in terms of being a global participant in energy. We're the third-largest owner, and this is Canada, not the oil companies. Canada owns the reserves. We're the third-largest oil reserves in the world, and yet we import nearly 35-40 percent of our oil comes from foreign um, call it less than ethical, less than accountable regimes and we bring that oil in because we don't feel like transporting it across Canada in a pipeline. So that's the first issue is our inability to be energy self-sufficient and now that there's a global concern about energy security energy self-sufficiency has a brand new um, call it light shining on it. The other is our inability to participate in the global energy economy. This belief that has 1 or 1.5% one of global greenhouse emissions that we need to be a world leader. I was at a meeting yesterday where someone talked about how we need to, even if we don't like the economics of what we're doing, which is destroying the economy, but if we don't like those economics, we need to show the world how to go. And I my immediate response was there isn't a single citizen of india japan or pardon me india china or russia who cares what we do we are not a world leader what we can do is smart but if we were really smart we could supply ethical responsible energy to the world and that would be lng it would be lpg it would be crude oil and in fact coal coal mined in the, in the resources of Canada is still being, I mean, let's be clear, China's expanding its coal-burning fleet, and so if anyone's going to supply it, why not Canada? They're gonna so is Germany. It. Let's supply it. Well, and Germany is now turning on its coal-fired power exactly. plants. Why? because it turned off its nuclear, and yep. nuclear is by far the most efficient form. Isn't
0: it stunning to, to realize that Germany is turning on the coal but refuses to turn on the nuclear
1: You can't outthink
0: those who aren't thinking.
1: What I've read is that it's almost impossible to turn their nuclear on in a timely manner. So they've they've shut themselves, they've got themselves in a box. Mm. I worry, I really do do worry about what's going to happen this winter when it's too cold and the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine. And I love calling renewables, which I'm heavily invested in, let's be crystal clear. I'm one of the largest owners of electric generation individually in Canada. Myself and a partner own a 300 megawatt power plant in central Alberta. We burn gas, we burn it efficiently. We understand the business. But going back to the big picture, the renewables are not reliable. They're an important part of our grid. I have no issue with that whatsoever as technology advances, batteries, storage, other other tools. But until it's reliable. You tell me which day of the week you don't want power and we'll start organizing yeah, around yeah, that. Yeah. It's impossible. Uh,
0: Terry Bro and I have talked about him earlier on the program when we were discussing this uh, turbine that's being released by Canada to Germany ostensibly, but then it's going to go to Russia. Yeah. So Terry Bro, um, professor at Paris Pro University, former director of energy security and energy supply for France, told us on this program just about six or eight weeks ago, that the situation in Europe is so dire, as far as energy supply is concerned, that he has great concerns about blackouts in Europe this winter, not next winter, in a few months. That tells you you what it's like, what, what the reality of the
1: situation is. My reading, my network says that Germany is the tip of the iceberg in terms of the problem that it will continue. I mean we just saw you know the Dutch are unwinding over issues of nitrogen fertilizer. I mean, there is challenges across Europe. But where I started this conversation, Roy, was to say that the eco alarmists the eco extremists have taken the agenda and moved us so far and again do i have a problem with co2 and emissions not as much as others but i respect the concern so i'm aligned i'm completely in on the understanding that we need to control pollution in particular this overarching concern about co2 so i'm good with that but if we're going to solve the world's problems we should be helping china undermine its coal efforts by supplying it with crew, or with uh, natural gas. But no, Canada doesn't do pipelines. Canada doesn't do LNG terminals. And Quebec in particular, they should be cut off from all energy supply because they've said now, we don't believe that there should be any development, no pipelines, no energy development. We don't want anything to do with fossil fuels. Yeah. Well, if they got cut off tomorrow, we would shut down their... Their, well, their magnesium industry, we would shut down their uh, cement industry, we would shut down their pavement industry, we would shut down pretty well the entire economy. And yet somehow someone has taken the belief that by shutting down fossil fuels today, we're going to be better off. It's, it's sheer lunacy.
0: Uh, Brent, let's talk about politics. There's a, there's a uh, geographic divide in this country. There's a political divide in this country. Sometimes I wonder whether, you know, if we'll ever really pull it together. I don't know. I hope so. But when you look at the political landscape, what is it that caused you to decide that Pierre Polyev is the person you're going to support to not only be the leader of the Conservative Party, but also prime minister of this country?
1: Well, it goes back with time. I mean, I've enjoyed a friendship with Andrew Sheer, with Stephen Harper, with, uh, in particular, uh, Aaron O'Toole, who I helped sponsor in Calgary. I thought the party's own internal divisions had been detrimental to the party. But I've known Pierre Poilev for about a decade. I had the privilege of having a dinner with him, a small group of business people. We were actually having lunch or dinner with John Baird, and John Baird said, can I bring a, uh, a young and bright and so this is a decade ago, and uh, Pierre walks in the room, and we're having dinner. And uh, three hours later, I left with a uh, an extraordinary impression uh, impressed impression is probably a better way of putting it with Pierre. And so I followed him, I've watched him, and at the time, there was Michelle Rempel and Pierre, who seemed to be the voice of the party because they were the two people that were most constantly on the headlines, if you will, in terms of question period, asking thoughtful questions and getting meaningless answers. And so I've watched him evolve as he stepped up his game in terms of uh, looking to be a leader. And by the way, I get a, quite a kick out of the Globe and Mail article. I actually interviewed the Globe and Mail to give them that story. And there was two things that were fundamentally wrong about the headline. Number one, he didn't slip away from another event. I had booked him. To do an event long before this so called leaders debate, which ended up collapsing. They ended up just having three people there and they did sort of a round table interview. They did not do a leaders' debate. So it was it was a fake headline on that. And secondly it was dismissive when the Global Mail said that he's going to a party. He was going to an adolescent fundraising, a mental health fundraising program. Um, and it wasn't a party. It's a charity event. And again, it's just the wordsmithing was meant to be dismissive and divisive. And so I get a kick out of that. Did I care? No, I retweeted it. I had some fun with it. But here we are. And as a nation, I happen to love Confederation. I believe in confederation i believe in canada i'm half french by birth on both sides of my family my roots so and i'm heavily invested in ontario uh... In a number of different businesses so i'm actively following what goes on across our country and The fact that Pierre is one of the few people who has actually stood up and said, I believe in the West and I believe in Confederation. I believe the West needs a fair deal. Yesterday, one of the other leading candidates, Jean Charest, came out with an all-Alberta pitch. But that was yesterday. He's had 20 years to say something positive of Alberta, and he's failed so I am all in on Pierre. There's absolutely no question. I believe he understands what needs to be done differently than what the federal liberal government is doing right now. And the federal liberal government is failing. It's failing at airports. It's failing at passports. It's failing at energy. It's uh, um, global energy. All of a sudden, energy security has some meaning to them. But the fact that we have the ability to be a global participant has never meant much to them. It's frustrating. So again, all in on Pierre. When you hear, when you read... When you're told
0: that Pierre Polyev is somehow dangerous to the ethics of Canada, to the fundamental philosophy of this country, to the inclusive nature of Canada, what do you say when you what, – what do you think? What are you thinking when you read that?
1: Well, it's almost amusing when I look at what the, again, the media tries to portray as the ex- accepting sort of some of the extreme commentary. By the way, the secret for me on social media is to not read the responses. I put my knowledge, I put my belief, I put my love, I put my passion for doing what's right out there. And I see that in Pierre. I watch a crowd respond to him, and it's amazing. His engagement, his uh, inspirational uh, perspective is, is all in. Having said that, I listened to some of the social media. Let's remember some of the first stories in the headlines were that Pierre Poilievre was a populist. So I look up populist. I'm kind of wondering, what what does that mean? And a populist is someone who appeals to the population. I'm kind of going, geez, so this is a problem that he appeals to a broader cross-section of the population? People are desperately looking for words. He was associated with the World Economic Forum for a while. He's never been and doesn't plan to go. And yet he was considered a student of the of the world economic form makes no sense so you have to be a little bit we have to be a little bit careful about interpreting the uh, call it the extreme views that are being tabled because it's out of desperation is the way I does this reflect in any way from your
0: perspective does it reflect the difference the political um, divide that exists between Western Canada Central Canada and Eastern Canada
1: no And the reason I would say no is that I watch the response to Pierre at events across the country, and it's universal. There's going to be some problems for some people in Quebec when Pierre says, hey, we think we should stop importing oil. And bring Canadian oil across Canada. But you stop and think about why people would object to being self-sufficient, especially in a world that's now got supply chain risk. Supply chain risk is going to dominate some of the challenges. I'm building a power plant right now, expanding a power plant. The cost of that power plant went up by almost a third in the 12 months that we had fixed prices. Why did it go up by a third with fixed prices? Supply chain issues supply chain mm-hmm. risk and so we had to pay premiums to get stuff that we would already committed to okay coming from other countries well, so i believe that across canada we have support for pierre i genuinely do
0: okay we have
1: uh, information that comes to
0: us regularly from the montreal economic institute about what quebecers not uh, not the politicians not the elites what the the folks yeah. want yeah. and the folks in quebec by significant majority they want their oil from western canada they don't want it from the United States. Oh, that's number two. They don't want it from other parts mm-hmm. of the world. They want it from uh, Western Canada. They want it by pipeline. They don't want it by train. They don't want it by truck. They don't want it by tanker. They want it by pipeline. So the people in Quebec are at odds with their government, which doesn't want to have anything to do with uh, with, uh, re- with with energy um, other than renewables. Do you believe – and we have a minute here. Boy, I wish we had more time. Do you have uh, faith in the – I don't know if you already answered this. Do you have faith <laughs> in the future of Canada as, a, as it's constructed now
1: geographically? Under Trudeau or his, call it successors, whether it's Mark Carney or Christian Freeland, no. I am fundamentally concerned about their, their leadership is about dividing the party. The disrespect that Trudeau has, I mean, he's in town right now. And I'm watching social media, and it's dumping all over him. He's being booed as he goes around. So they've kept his trail a secret. Whereas other people, the other leaders, are all very public about what they're doing. He's a secret. And Why? It's because he gets booed everywhere he goes. He has been undermining, from my perspective. And by the way, I enjoyed a friendship, a personal friendship with Pierre, or pardon me, Justin, um, prior to him running for office. And I have I literally. Uh, uh, I FEMA. literally have 10 seconds, Brett. I'm sorry, but that's only. <laughs>